there's room every day in every life to demonstrate courage. And courage is the ability to do the hard thing in every circumstance, despite the cost. The number one response I get, I've never done anything courageous. going to be a moment of difficulty and there's going to be a wife and some children who turn their eyes toward you my family is still living and i'm not a part of it and i'll never get that back paul says in corinthians that you are the glory of god what hurts men the most is when they don't have a vision that calls them forth the guy who's a husband, the guy who's a worker, the guy who's a father, the guy who's single, the guy who's struggling with pornography, struggling with his insecurities, his fears, finances. What is the most courageous thing you have ever done? Daddy, thank you for loving us like you did. I am not fixed, but I am not the same guy. We're manning up, aren't we? We're manning up. We're manning up. Men, God's going to call you to do some courageous things. Courageous things. If you don't step up, you're going to fall down. Morning, everybody. That is a sample of the video curriculum that we're going to be using in the very near future, actually on March 3rd. We're going to start using this curriculum for men's groups. So if you're a guy and you're not connected with one of our small groups, I encourage you to come out on March the 3rd and be a part of this group experience that we're going to have. Um, we're going to work our way through this 10-week video curriculum, and then after that, we're going to continue to form some small groups where men can, can get to know each other at a deeper level. The reality is for all of us, guys, we need each other to grow to be the men that God wants us to be. Ladies, you need to be in strong relationships with other ladies to grow to be who God wants you to be as well. So we've got an opportunity for both men and women. Again, on March 3rd, our guys are going to start this 10-week video curriculum. And then on March 3rd as well, our ladies are going to start an eight-week video curriculum. And ladies, I encourage you, if you're not connected with one of our small group environments, I encourage you to come out on March 3rd and get connected in one of those ways. Um, we'll be telling you more about that in the next couple of weeks, the times and the locations and stuff like that. So just be listening, li listening for that in the next few weeks. Now, today we're starting a new series on the subject of judging other people, something that happens so often in our world, and it's something that God has some very specific things to say to us in the Bible. I think some things that might actually surprise us a little bit. So if you would, just gather with me, and we're just going to pray uh, before we dive into our service today. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church to gather and learn from you. Lord, on a subject today in this series also that we explore what it means to judge others. And what are your thoughts on that? What do you want us to, to know? And how do you want us to interact with this subject that can be very hurtful 
to people. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us powerfully, not only today, but throughout this entire series. I pray that we would see this subject from your perspective and we would be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when it comes to judging, the reality is that none of us want to be judged. You know, I don't know anybody that likes to be judged for any reason, whether it's a big thing or a small thing. Nobody likes to be judged. So I'm just curious this morning, how many of you would say that you have been judged by someone in your life at some point, whether it was valid or not? So like, like most of us, most people have their hands raised and we know that's not a very pleasant experience. It's not something that we enjoy. Again, nobody says, hey, yeah, I really enjoy being judged. I know some people who like conflict. I know some people who are uh, like drama, like to create that stuff. But I don't know a lot of folks that would say, you know what, I really like to be judged. People are judged for all kinds of things in our world. People are judged because of the color of their skin because of the person they chose to date or chose to marry, the neighborhood that you live in or the neighborhood that you don't live in. Maybe you were judged because uh, someone thought you were too skinny or someone thought maybe you were a little overweight or you weren't athletic enough or you didn't hang out you know, in school with the cool kids or the popular kids or, or the in crowd. Maybe you were judged for that. Maybe you were judged because you were too feminine or maybe too masculine I mean, there's all kinds of crazy reasons that we judge other people. Our world is a very judgmental place. Now, as much as we hate to be judged, we all judge. It's something that we all do. And yet we hear from our world, our world constantly tells us everywhere, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. We hear that constantly in our culture. Or that message is communicated to us on a regular basis. Don't judge anyone else. And yet, we all judge. We all form opinions about what other people say, about what they do, about what they wear that could be considered judgmental. And some of our opinions or judgments are relatively harmless. You know, when it comes to athletics, you know, most athletic fans have an opinion about a decision the coach has made or a decision that a player made during a game. So everybody's got an idea of whether they shouldn't have done that or they should have done this instead of that. We, have, we form all kinds of opinions in all kinds of categories. You know, maybe at work you have disagreed with a decision your boss has made, maybe a couple of times. And maybe you like to talk with the other employees at work about that. Maybe, you know, when you're in the break room around the coffee pot, can you believe what decision they made? Can you believe that we have to do now this bonehead thing because they made this bonehead decision that we have to now do? When you're watching the news, you're watching how our government leaders make decisions. I rarely meet people who don't have an opinion about that in some form or another. We say we've got a lot of opinions about how our leaders judge or, or rule our world. And we make personal opinions as well. We may see someone and say, you know, I don't really think she should be wearing that outfit. It's not all that flattering on her. Wouldn't want to tell her that because, you know, that would be judgmental. So I'll tell somebody else that. <laughs> maybe it'll get back to her. And maybe she won't wear it next time. Or we, we say about someone else, you know, they probably couldn't have gotten that job if it weren't for, you know, their parents. 
You know, they had a family influence there that helped them get that job. I mean, they couldn't have done that on their own. We're constantly making judgments about other people. We're forming opinions about others. When we meet someone new, we make a quick judgment about that person. It's amazing. You meet someone new within seconds, you'll put them in a category in your brain. You'll decide whether you like them or don't like them, whether they're like you or not like you. We'll make all kinds of decisions. Sometimes we make major assumptions about people in just a moment, assumptions that can be way wrong because we don't really know that person, but we all do it. It just happens naturally. When people come to church to try a new church out, and there's a few new people here today, as new people come in to a church experience, a new church world, um, they often make judgments about that church. They come in and decide, is this a place that, that I like? Do I engage with the worship? Do I like the, the, what I hear from the teaching? Do I feel like the people are friendly? We make a decision of whether or not we want to stay at that church or not. And if we don't feel like it hits certain categories for us or answers certain questions for us, then we decide, you know, I'm going to keep looking somewhere else. It just happens all the time. It's a natural thing. Something that I do when I visit other churches, you know, if I'm not teaching on a Sunday and I'm visiting somewhere else, I make judgments about that church. Not on purpose, but I come in and sit down and I'm deciding whether or not I feel like people are, are friendly, whether people talk to me or not. Um, I'm deciding whether or not um, I would go back to that church or, or, man, no, I probably wouldn't go back to that church. I'm learning, hey, what could we learn from this place and use at Epic or what would we steer clear of because maybe they're not doing so great in that area. So we all do that kind of stuff. We all judge people. We all get judged. You know, as a pastor, I even get judged um, I get judged on everything from how I teach to the, the clothes that I wear on Sundays. Someone not long ago asked me, is it appropriate for a pastor to wear flip-flops on stage when they're teaching? And if you come during the summer months when it's a little cooler and not like our you know, spontaneous winter that just came today, I'm normally wearing flip-flops on Sunday when I'm, I'm teaching. It's a little cold for that today, so I covered my, my toes up. They were thankful for, for being warm. I had another guy one time come up after a service and say, uh, right after the service, you know, I really don't like your teaching style. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't get how you teach. I don't get your approach. But good try, though. And so, you know, it was that moment I'm going, wow, you know, thank you for your honesty. That is so fantastic. I so appreciate that. And I wanted to follow that up and say, you know, you don't have to speak every thought that comes to your mind. You know, if it comes in your brain, there are a few things you can filter out and hold on to. That's an example of one of them. You could have held on to that. I didn't really need that. We all judge people. Sometimes our judgments are relatively harmless. But other times, our judgments can be devastating, can hurt people for a very long time. I've got a neighbor friend of mine who is in his 80s, and when he was growing up, his dad told him that he was a mistake, that he never should have been born. Like on a regular basis, he heard that. So he carried for all of his life this weight of his dad saying, you know, you're a mistake. So rejection issues, you know, so a lot of issues for for my neighbor. So in his 80s, he was still hearing the echo of his dad's words to him. And I, I just grieved with him. You know, as I heard him tell that story one day, I'm just like, wow, like you carried a weight you never should have carried. 
That wasn't a weight for you. God never wanted you to carry that kind of stuff. So that judgment hurt him very deeply. I have another friend at one point in his life who was active in church. And there was a a season of his life he was going through a real struggle and uh, couldn't give uh, money to the church at that time. And someone from the church called him and said, we know she hasn't been given money lately. Like, you kind of need to pick that up. And so my friend said instead of, you know, staying active in that church and giving money, decided to leave the church for over 40 years. Over 40 years, that judgment on my friend drove him farther away from God. And that kind of stuff grieves the heart of our God. He can't stand when we judge people in a way like that that pushes people farther away from him. Now, even though none of us like to be judged... We know it's a harmful thing. The reality is we all want other people to be judged. So if you think about it for a moment, when you are flying down I-95 at 90 miles an hour and someone passes you as if you're in reverse, what do you want to happen? Like I'm hoping there's a state trooper up around the next clump of trees that can pull that person over and I hope that I see the trooper before they do so I can slow down and they can get the ticket instead of me. When someone pulls an overloaded shopping cart up to the 20 items or less aisle at Walmart, what do you want to happen? I would like the manager to step out from the manager area and say, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, but you cannot go through this lane because this lane says 20 items or less, not 200. So you got to find another lane. Now, I don't know if you have kids or not, but just imagine that you have a 16-year-old daughter who comes home to tell you, I'm going out with this guy at school, and you know this guy at school is the guy who's been around the block a few times. So he comes over, and I'm thinking, you're probably not going to say, you know, I don't want to judge the guy. You know, I, you know, honey, go out and have a good time tonight. You know, I just, I don't want to make assumptions about this young man. That's not going to happen in my house. If, you know, if he comes over, I'm going to holler up to one of my daughters, no need to come down to, for, for your date. Like, he's already gone. He left in a body bag. Like, there's, there's like, no way you're going out on a date with him. So we want certain people to be judged. You know, here at church, in certain ways, you would like us to judge people. In our children's ministry, if you've got one of your children, back in our children's area, you would like us as church leaders to judge the people who volunteer back there. You would like to know that your kids are safe. They're well cared for. You don't want a a pedophile or a child abuser to be working with your kid, right? So you would like us as leaders to say, you know what, here's some boundaries that we have. Certain people can and certain people can't work with our kids. Well, that's judgmental. It is. It is. But again, there are moments that we would like other people to be judged. There's some really bad things that happen in our world. Some really bad things that that we would say, you know what, that needs to be judged. Someone should step in and say something there. Someone should do something in that moment. There are harmful behaviors behaviors and harmful people that need to be confronted. And I, I know we're Americans and we love our freedom. But there are moments that someone else's freedom steps on our freedom. And so we get in this tension between these two things where we say, you know what, we don't want to judge. I mean, that's not good. We don't like to be judged. And then at the same time, there are some things going on out there that need to be confronted. 
some people that need to be confronted. So what do we do with this tension? How do we resolve it? Well, Jesus helps us do this actually in the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible with you, grab that and flip over to Matthew chapter 7. If you've got a smartphone with a Bible app, feel free to pull that up. If you need a Bible at the back of each seating section, there are Bibles that you can grab. So Matthew chapter 7. It's found on page 738 in our paperback Bibles. We're going to start in verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says, in verse 1, he says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. And that seems pretty clear there. So Jesus doesn't want us to, to judge other people. If we don't judge others, then we won't be judged. Sounds like a fair deal, but Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues in verse 2 by, by saying, For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Again, pretty straightforward words from Jesus. So he says, The way that we judge other people will be the same way that, that we'll be judged. But Jesus is basically saying, Judge others the way you want to be judged, the way you want other people to judge you. Now, how do you want people to judge you? Think about your world. Think about your life. How do you want others to judge you? And when it comes to me, I want people to use large amounts of grace, just pour lots of grace out. You know, those moments that I make a bonehead decision or I say something hurtful to someone, I want people to use grace with me. I want people to say, you know, it doesn't kind of sound like the Trent that we know, so I'm not going to make an assumption based upon that interaction. You know, I'm going to pour out some grace here. I'm going to dig a little deeper. Let me find out what's, what's behind this. You know, if we had that kind of approach with each other, we would learn some very interesting things about each other. And we'd be able to learn some amazing things before we jump to some conclusions. So if we would just approach each other with grace, you know, think about how you want God to judge you. The Bible says one day we're all going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. So imagine in that moment, here you stand, staring into the eyes of a holy God. How do you want him to judge you? I want buckets and buckets and buckets of grace poured out in front of me. Now, in verse 3, Jesus asks a question. So be prepared to answer this question after you hear Jesus' question. Jesus says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? So Jesus asks us, what is it about someone else's stuff that causes you to want to judge them? What is it about their issue that gets you bent out of shape? Why are you so focused on their issue, them fixing their problem, that you're not looking at all at your problem? To which I answer, what problem? Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I don't see a problem. They have a problem. I mean, I can see that speck in their eye. And Jesus is going, how in the world can you see the speck past the log that's sticking out of your, your own eye? How can you see that? Jesus says, listen, you got an issue. 
you've got to address. And your reaction is an indication that you've got an issue that you've got to look at. Look at the first word that Jesus uses in verse 5. He says, hypocrite. Jesus calls us hypocrites if we do that to people. If we go around looking at everybody else's life and sit in a position of judgment over them without looking at our own lives, that's hypocritical. Jesus says, that's wrong. I don't want you to do that. So I want you to look inside at your own stuff. Now, Jesus isn't saying that there aren't some real issues in the world that we need to look at. Jesus isn't saying just ignore all this bad stuff that's happening around you and just focus on your own stuff. He's not saying that. He's saying there's some stuff you need to look at in your own life. They may have some issues, but you've got to figure out what's going on inside of you that's causing you to want to react to their stuff. So Jesus continued by saying, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Now, Jesus says first because there's going to be a second. There's going to be something that Jesus wants us to follow up. But first, he says, deal with the stuff that's in your eye. So when something about you irritates me, I have to look inside. I've got to figure out what's going on in here. What's causing me to want to react? And often we push back, you know, again on Jesus and say, but they've got real issues. They've got real stuff that they've got to work out. They need help. And Jesus says, yeah, I know. I know they do. And so do you. You've got real issues. You've got real stuff. And I'm using them to help you look at you. So take a look within and see what's going on. A great way for us to look inside is to pay attention to our emotions. Like, what is it that's happening inside of us when we see that other person do their thing. So whatever they're doing, all of a sudden we know we're in a spot of, I want to judge them. What is rising up in you? What emotion is it? Is it anger? Are you angry? Are you mad? And why are you mad? If you're ticked off furious at somebody else's stuff, you got to answer the question that Jesus is asking. Why are you so angry? What is it about their stuff that's causing you to be mad? Because your anger is not going to help them deal with their stuff. It's not. You've got an anger issue you need to deal with. You've got to deal with that first before you can help anybody else with their stuff. Now, I have a few people in my life that God has strategically placed there to help me grow to be like Jesus. You might have a few people in your world like this. And how they do their job is they make me angry. Like anybody have that? Like somebody in your world that like irritates you? Well, I've got some people that kind of come and go in my world that, that there are moments that they really make me angry. I think they're, they're judgmental. I think they're um, self-centered. I think they're like jerks a, a lot of the time. And am I being judgmental? Well, yeah, I am because they make me angry. There are moments they do their stuff, and I just want to confront them. I mean, there's stuff that rises in me. Like, I just want to tell them, you got a problem. Like, you really need to deal with this stuff. You can't talk to people that way. You can't treat people that way. You got to cut this out. Guy goes, whoa, time out. Like, what's happening? Trent, like, why are you so angry? Because they got a problem. He goes, yeah, well, like, what about the log in your eye? You got some lumber there hanging out, buddy. We got to deal with that. But they got to deal with their stuff. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I got to deal with you first. Why are you so angry? 
So we got to look within. And anger may not be your issue. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's pride. Maybe you get real prideful. You kind of sit in a position of judgment over others. Maybe you're jealous. Maybe if you were just really honest, if you look, really looked within, you'd say, you know, I think maybe I'm jealous. You know that stuff that she wears that I judge her for? Maybe secretly, you wish you could wear it. You know that, that stuff that other person gets to do that you judge them for? Maybe secretly, you wish you could do it. It's like, man, they got a lot of freedom. They can do a lot of stuff. And maybe secretly your judgment is showing, is masking your jealousy. Maybe it's just hiding this thing that, like, really you're insecure about this issue. And so you're projecting a bunch of judgment over this person for wrong decisions that they've made. And we do that kind of stuff all the time. Like, we look for opportunities to put other people down in order to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Maybe there's somebody in your world that's a threat to you, and as you look at them, you find yourself judging them often, and really the, the, the issue is jealousy. It's not legitimate judgment. It's not really lovingly want to, confronting, to confront someone about an issue they have. Maybe you're just sitting in a position of judgment because you're so insecure. So what is it? What is your stuff? What's the stuff that rises in you? What's the emotion that you're feeling? When we watch somebody else deal with some, some stuff, when we see the speck in someone else's life, the emotions that we should feel are emotions of sorrow and compassion, not anger, not jealousy, not pride. We should be grieved for them. Our hearts should be broken for the choices that they've made, and our response should always be one of grace and mercy, the stuff that God pours out for us on a regular basis. So our first response when we see somebody else's stuff is to look inside. When we do that, we're getting ourselves ready for the next thing that Jesus says. So Jesus says, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, why would we need to see clearly? Why would we need to see well enough? It's so we can help someone else with a speck in their own eye. Some of you are thinking, aha, so they do have a problem. Yeah, they do have a problem. God never said they didn't have a problem. But he wanted to get someone ready to lovingly help them the way that he would help them. So he's working on us. And when we see clearly, when we see our lives clearly, when we're really honest about our stuff, as we look deep within us and say, you know what, I've got some issues, that helps us to be a perfect candidate to help someone else deal with their stuff. We don't come at them with anger. We don't come at them with jealousy. We come at them with compassion and grace and mercy to help them deal with their issue. Now, a few of you might be thinking, well, I thought we weren't supposed to judge people. That was the first thing Jesus said. That wasn't the total message that Jesus was communicating there. There are real issues that God wants to deal with in people's lives, and he often uses us to help people grow to be more like Jesus. So when someone gets off track with God, we have a responsibility to do something, to speak truth to them in love, 
to help them grow to become more like Jesus. And you think, well, wouldn't that be judgmental? And call it whatever you want to call it. But in Scripture, part of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus means that we lovingly help other people grow. That's part of our job. It's part of our responsibility is to help other people grow. What Jesus is saying in Matthew 7 applies to all of us. It's not just for pastors. It's, just not, it's not just for church leaders. It's for all of us. So you weren't placed here on the planet to be responsible just for yourself. You've been entrusted with time, talents, and resources, and relationships. And God says, listen, I'm giving you relationships. And when you stand before me, you can't say, you know what? That was their life, their own stuff, their issue. You know, you're accountable to God for that. God will judge us when we stand in a a position of just watching someone walk away from him. It's not okay. We've got to lovingly talk to them. Again, they're responsible for what they do. They say, well, forget it. I'm going to do my own thing. They're responsible for that. But we are responsible to lovingly help other people deal with the stuff that's in their life. Now, what in the world do we do as a result of this message today? If you are ready, like if you have a list, like throughout the message you've, you've been, you know, tallying a list of people that you would like to confront and you can't wait to get out of the service to go confront them before lunch, you probably need to slow down, grab a couple of Bibles on your way out, read Matthew 7 for a few hours today, sit in front of a mirror, ask God to reveal the stuff that you need to deal with. Because until you look within, you're not going to be in a spot that will be a good spot to help somebody else deal with their issues. Now, again, many of us don't like confrontation kind of stuff. So at the beginning of the message, we were kind of happy. Like, wow, Jesus said, don't confront anybody. And then by the end of the message, we're like freaking out just a little bit. Oh, no, I might like have to say something to somebody else about their lives. You might be a little nauseous right now. Just calm down. Our action point for today is don't go out and confront anybody this week, okay? So this week, as you go into your normal routines of life, I want you just to pay attention to the ways that you might judge other people. Just notice that stuff. Just recognize it. Like, how often do you judge people? And then what kind of people do you judge? Do you find that, hey, there's certain kind of people that I judge more than other people? Like, pay attention to that stuff. And as, as emotions arise in you, find yourself passionate in a moment about a subject, about some issue in somebody else's life, like, what is that issue? What's that emotion? And ask, God, is there something I need to deal with in my own life? Now, to help us with this, we've put together a spiritual growth challenge that will um, help us dig a little deeper in this. It's kind of like a mirror for us to look inside. And it's got the verses that we've been reading um, today in this message. It's got some other verses for you to read, some questions for, for deeper introspection. And you can pick up one of those at our uh, Connection Center before you leave today, or you can go online to our website at theepicchurch.com, and you can look under our resources tab, and we have one there with today's date as well. Another thing that I recommend as a result of this message is that you come back each week for this whole series. God has a lot to say about this subject, and we need to hear it all. Or if we don't hear all that God has to say, we might judge the wrong people. Or we might judge people in the wrong way. And we might push them farther away from God, something that God does not want us to do.
So again, I encourage you to come back. God's got a lot to tell us on this subject. Now, I'm going to close us out in a word of prayer, and then our worship team is going to come out, and they're going to lead us through this song called Inside Out. And the reality is for us to learn what God wants us to learn in this series, we all have to be transformed from the inside out. We have to be new people, and it starts inside. So let's pray together, and then our worship team will come out. God, I thank you for the incredible opportunity, again, that we have to to read your word and scripture, to read your, your thoughts captured in print for us. Lord, you've got some amazing things that you want us to know of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And part of that is this difficult subject of judging others. Something that our world says, don't judge anybody. Let everybody do whatever they want. And yet, as we look in scripture, there are many times, Jesus, that you judged people. Like you made judgment calls in other people's lives. You called them up to a, a higher standard. You called them to live in a, in a different way. There are things that we need to know about this subject of lovingly confronting others. So Lord, I pray that we would have open ears, open hearts. I pray that this week, as we walk through this week and we're, we spend time just looking at the many ways that we judge others, that our eyes would be open. We might see from your perspective this subject. Lord, I pray that you would help us to deal with the stuff in our own lives. I pray this week we would look inside and figure out, like, what's, what's my issue? Why, why do I get so passionate about somebody else's stuff? Why do I get so angry? Or why do I get so jealous? Or why do I get so prideful? Lord, help us remove the log that's in our own eyes. Lord, and as you do that, you help us to see clearly. When we see ourselves clearly the way you do, we're in a better position to help someone else deal with the stuff in their own lives. So Lord, I pray that we would all, throughout this week, in this series, learn how to interact with people the way that you do. Transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I uh, especially appreciate that reminder this morning that God is faithful despite our circumstances that we encounter. So thank you, worship team. Good morning, my name is Carla, and I just want to welcome you. We are so glad you're here. I also want to tell you a few things that are going on at Epic. Uh, You may be sitting next to someone who has a little unusual thing going on with their hair. It's not that you know, folks simultaneously woke up and decided to have a bad hair day or a crazy hair day or a lighted hair day. Um, <laughs> back in Epic's Kids, we try and have fun with the kids and we try and have fun with our volunteers too. So it is crazy hair day. So if you want to join in the crowd, you can kind of tussle your hair or you know, throw it up in funky pigtails or whatever. You know, it's kind of sad that Trent can't participate, but the rest of us can play along. So. On March 2nd, there is going to be a gleaning that we're going to be part of. And um, every year in uh, the U.S., there are billions of pounds of food are wasted, and there are millions of Americans who don't have enough to eat. So gleaning is this ancient biblical practice where 
we take food that would otherwise be wasted and we get it to people who need it. So we're going to be picking citrus out in Palaka and taking that citrus to food pantries who will take it to folks who need it. So it's a great opportunity to get outside, spend some time um, as a community. If you have young kids, this is an awesome activity that they can be part of. Um, teens, if you need to volunteer, want to volunteer, this is a great activity. So I encourage you to go online at theepicchurch.com, click on the Involve tab. We will be carpooling from the Target parking lot um, by the Walgreens area um, if you want to have sort of a ride out that way. So check that opportunity out. Just as God wants us to give of our time and our talent, he also wants us to give of our resources. And so if you call Epic Home, if you want to invest in what this ministry is doing locally throughout our community, um, you can do so today. There's giving boxes behind each of the seating sections. And you can also go online and give through the Epic Church. Com. If you are a guest with us, if this is your first time checking us out, or maybe you've been here for a couple weeks, we are so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. Um, we would love to invite you to check out the Connection Center out in this corner as you're heading out. Um, we have a packet of information that will tell you a little bit about who we are and what we're all about. And we'd just love to get to know you and your name as well. So check that out. And we uh, have a cool video to watch before service starts. So let's check that out. <laughs> 